102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff and Ed Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. At Jeff Ward Show. You can post your comments. Do so. Get to the point. Please don't suck. Try to make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. You can uh, make sure you check out the podcast. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is dropped every afternoon. Subscribe to it. Same with the YouTube channel as well. We post that every afternoon, even though I look like Shrek. Yeah, I mentioned this with Cedric Golden earlier. It's uh, it's not a, It wasn't a made-up topic. Here you go. The headline from Yahoo Sports. The Chiefs are the new Patriots. The team everyone loves to hate. Wait, are they? Did anyone come up with that before just now? Did anyone really think that before now? I, I, I missed that part. I think if you rank, if you're ranking t- NFL franchises that people love to hate, I'm going to bet Kansas City's not in the top three. I'll bet you Dallas is. I'll bet you Dallas is number one. There may be some lingering New England thing there. So, I, I mean, I'm. Who would be number two? I mean, Dallas would be one. Um, New England be up there. San Francisco might be. I mean, the winning teams are going to be up there. No one's going to care about Jacksonville. No one's going to care about Houston. No one's going to care about the Colts. No one's going to care about the Panthers. No one has any pulse whatsoever. So it's going to be the franchises that have won. I get that. But I don't... The hate factor is probably higher for Dallas than it is for Kansas City. Agree or disagree? There's someone to hate there. I mean, I now I, I will say this. I don't... I don't get the hate on Dak Prescott. He might be the most humble star in football today. I don't get it. I mean, Holmes isn't a bad guy either. There's no real reason to hate him except he's really good. Great, actually. So, I, I don't. I think you're working pretty hard for a story on this one, if you ask me. But here they go. The Chiefs are the new Patriots, the team everyone loves to hate. Welcome Kansas City Chiefs to the loathing zone. You were a cute story before, but now America is tired of you, your star quarterback, your teddy bear-looking coach, your celebrity girlfriend, and most of all, your constant presence in the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Kansas City. You're the new Patriots. No. No. Number number one, they're not going to get six. I mean, will they be back next year? I bet not. I mean, I, I bet against it just because law of averages. I mean, look how they got there this time. Scoring 20 points a game. Actually, 24. It says, the NFL is always more fun when the league has a common enemy. And for nearly 20 years, the New England Patriots happily filled that role, reaching Super Bowls in half those seasons and winning six of them. Kansas City's on a path to that kind of success, four Super Bowls in five years, with two already won and a third possibly just days away. Okay, let's say they win They win on Sunday. I, I think it's a decent bet. 
are people going to hate them? Uh, no. No. I, I don't I don't get that at all. People don't even hate Mahomes. I don't know anyone that hates Mahomes. In fact, it's pretty much across the board admiration. The only thing, uh, this we did talk about this, the what I do think works against them is Taylor Swift and Mahomes' wife. That gets irritating. That I can say. Because it's dudes. Dudes want to hate on them. That'll be the reasons why dudes hate on them. I mean, there was a time there where I thought Travis Kelsey was getting fat and slow. And then the playoffs came around and he wasn't fat and slow. Just the opposite. So... You know, he's overexposed. I mean, that guy's so exposed, but he delivers, right? I mean, he, he, he I, I would have argued by October, November, he had been overexposed. He was in every other commercial. Uh, it, just, it just felt like too much. And then, sure enough, the playoffs come around, and they go, okay, turn the switch on, watch this. And he catches 11 passes against the best defense in the NFL. So there's, there's no... There's no hate because there's no disrespect. There's no one that doesn't say that no one disrespects Kansas City. Everyone disrespects Dallas. And maybe even New England. I'm not feeling it. So, uh, goes down the list of the reasons why, you know, they beat everybody. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no personal, there was a personal grudge against Brady that I think a lot of people had. That Brady came off as sanctimonious. Brady rarely came off as sincere. I think Brady was far more Jordan-like, far more Lance Armstrong-like, in that that is someone who is not a touchy-feely personality. In fact, he's kind of got a really rough edge to him. He's not going to be your friend. Jordan would be the guy that would punch you in the face in practice. Brady would probably do the same. They're just they're they're that guy. Um, so I do think there was a dislike to a degree of Brady. I think as you know, late in his career, people ended up appreciating him even more. I think he even softened a little bit. But I, I don't even sense that with anybody on the pay, on the on the Chiefs. No one. Mahomes is overexposed, but guess what? He keeps playing great. The commercials are even kind of fun and goofy. Brady didn't even really have any. You know that. Think about it. I mean, Brady's time as a star, if you compare Brady's time as a star, the biggest star, and commercial appeal to the Chiefs, every third commercial involves either Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. And look what they're doing. They don't miss a beat. Brady wasn't in any commercials that I can remember. I don't remember Brady pitching anything because he couldn't. And I don't think he wanted to. So I just I think they're completely different animals. In fact, at some level, Kansas City is kind of endearing. I mean, their coach is chubby and calm and genius. And he's even makes fun of himself in commercials. Kelsey makes fun of himself all the time. Patrick Mahomes makes fun of himself even. I don't know what there is to dislike. And they're in the middle of the country in a small market. I think it's all too much. Like, j- just the antics of Taylor Swift and just, just everyone involved, it's too much. 
all at once. Oh, overexposure, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, look, it's... Uh, That's why even, they hate them. Even before... Before they even got to this point, like I said, Travis Kelsey is in every commercial. Yeah. I mean, he he's, there's not a moment that he don't see either him or Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's why I guess. Just sick of them, but you don't hate them. Right. They're not... I don't know. I don't... Even Travis Kelsey, even though I think he's a meathead, he doesn't feel like he's a... He doesn't feel like he's Brady. He doesn't feel like he's... Would cut your heart out. Brady would cut your heart out and not care. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a different... It's kind of a different dynasty, even. You know, Dallas... If you go back in time, yes, the Patriots were a dynasty. They were easy to hate. The Bulls were a dynasty that was very easy to hate because he was just mean. He was a mean guy. They were kind of mean guys, period. The Cowboys, during their run, was a fairly easy group to hate because, you know, Irvin was out there. Aikman was pretty plastic. Jimmy Johnson was a piece of work. And Jerry Jones is the easiest guy in football to hate. I believe that's part of the reason why the Cowboys are hated. It's not because of Dak Prescott. It's not because of Mike McCarthy. They're a fairly nondescript team. If you compare the Cowboys to the 49ers and the Chiefs, their stars aren't as big a names. Jerry Jones is. That's why people hate the Cowboys, in my opinion. There's no one like that for the Chiefs. They may be overexposed, and they are. And they may be kind of silly, and the Taylor Swift thing may be too much, but there's no one that you come back and say, man, I just don't like that dude. You can't say that. Even Travis Kelsey dresses like, you know, he's a 19-year-old guy, he's a 19-year-old rapper. Even then, you can laugh at him. He's kind of a lovable goofball who's really, really good. So I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't, you know, there's teams, there's been, there's, the, the Warriors were easier to hate than the Chiefs. Every dynasty is easier to hate than the Chiefs, I would argue. So, then of course it says, finally, there is of course the Taylor Swift thing. This is a perfect case of internet life cycle as you'll ever find. Star gets exposure. People complain about Star's exposure, but keep clicking on stories about said Star. Star gets more exposure. People complain more, but continue to tune in, and on and on and on it goes. <sighs> you know what's happening? You know what the trend is of the past few days? The trend is to rail on people complaining about Taylor Swift. That's the trend. Charles Barkley has done it. Um, it's it's like the thing to do now is you guys are losers lay off. It's it's come full circle. Um, I don't even know that people are that sick of the Taylor Swift thing. I don't. I I could care less. Like I have Taylor Swift in my family. Basically, I told you I have twelve hundred at least twelve hundred dollars of stuff. Hoodies just hung another picture of the day. Um, it's it's nonstop. I mean it's it's nonstop. Birthday party on Saturday was, guess what, a Taylor Swift party. What do you think? So I live it all the time. And even I'm not even that sick of it. Like, I don't care. I really don't. You know why? Because the games are still good. I mean, I don't really know who's complaining. These games, like those guys are delivering. They're, they're that good. You can't look up and go, man, I'm sick of this. That's bull. Travis Kelsey caught 11 passes. 
It's still good. The product is ridiculously good. Even I can't say, oh, man, don't show me another highlight of her in the skybox. Whatever. The next, the next shot is Patrick Mahomes running around in circles doing a no-look across the field, like 45-year-old pass, 45-yard pass that's on a dime. It's not that bad. It's really not. We're complaining just to complain now, I think. I'm sorry. I just I don't I don't think they're that hated. I really don't. I in fact, I bet more people prefer the Chiefs win than the 49ers in this country. I think. I have no scientific data to back me up. I just think I think more people would dislike the 49ers than dislike the uh, the Chiefs. And that's even with their quarterback. One of my favorite things is Brock Purdy. You know, they do the walk-in things. You know, they got this from the English Premier League. They stole the United States steals everything in media. We don't have any innovative ideas. So the whole thing where guys come walking in and they dress up for that walk-in, that's it. You really don't need to dress up because you're in the public will see you for about seven seconds and then you change clothes. So it's really pointless. My favorite is Brock Purdy. Have you ever seen his? The guy seriously looks like he is Joel from Risky Business. Wait, that doesn't help anybody. Um, Joel from Risky Business, he looks like a frat guy going to class. It's really funny if you watch the Brock Purdy, because everyone else will have some kind of outlandish outfit or whatever. You know, Travis Kelsey wears giant curtains. Then there's Brock Purdy who wears khakis, and a button down and looks like he's about 17 years old. And he does his walk-in thing. And all he has is a backpack. It looks like he's going to class at a private school. That's the way he looks. So I think people, I still think people dis- will dislike them more than the Chiefs. And I don't even know why. They just would. So I, I think this is bogus. I, I, I don't buy it. Since the Chiefs are the new Patriots, the team everyone loves to hate, I... I they win on Sunday, and I think they will. I, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't. I think they are light years away from the Cowboys in hate. Light years. As long as Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't care who's playing quarterback, the Cowboys will be the most hated franchise. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons four to six on one zero two seven ESPN. Listening to the Jeff and Ed Show on 1027 ESPN. All right, on Twitter X or whatever it is uh, this week, here you go. At uh, Stanley Laurel 2 says, I could see people hating on Kelsey because he is Mr. Pfizer. Get that 5G microchip implanted at everyone. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he's a goof, but he kind of laughs at himself, I have to say. And he was pretty good. You know what, Travis Kelsey, on top of being unbelievably overexposed, the most exposed, overexposed player, he might be the most overexposed player in sports, in all sports. In fact, I'm pretty sure he is. But he still plays. Like, the guy doesn't slow down. It's not throwing him off. It's not a problem. It's not. I mean, it's, 
I don't know if there's a commercial he doesn't do, but it doesn't throw him off. I don't think people appreciate, um, it's hard to say this about Travis Kelsey. They torched the best defense in the first half in the NFL. Not only that, you know what doesn't matter in football anymore? Safeties. They just don't matter. They They exist, but they don't matter like they used to. They're not a priority and not a big investment. I'm saying that to fully appreciate, so everyone can fully appreciate how good Travis Kelsey was against Baltimore. Kyle Hamilton is one of the best defensive players in the NFL now. He's a safety. He couldn't cover Travis Kelsey. He couldn't. I mean, Travis Kelsey at 34 and chubby and overexposed schooled the best safety in football. I mean, he really did. And so, I, yeah, he does the commercials. Yeah, he does, uh, man, I don't even, you know, I mean, he's everywhere. I don't know what he doesn't do. And I know because he does the Pfizer thing, I mean, that's easy to rail on, all that stuff. But I just want to remind you how good he is. And if he ever needed proof, that game was proof. They had the perfect player to cover him, and he couldn't cover him. Now, that's partly Mahomes. I get it, because Mahomes is going to hit him on every step, the right spot, every single time. But that that's when I even found myself appreciating how good the guy is more than ever, because that was one of the rare times, and I know this sounds football nerdy, but that's one of the rare times that there was a game in which you could look out there and say, man, that's, that's a great safety, and that safety is going to cover that guy, and he couldn't do it. What did Travis Kelsey have, a six in the first half? Like it was nothing. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I know the I know the the knuckleheaded crowd doesn't like him because of the Pfizer thing. At Jeff Ward Show, Jeff, that news clip you played, did that chick say Kansas City Chiefs? I think. Was she the one uh, talking about uh, the conspiracy? I think she did. I do I do know she screwed up in one part, though. If you catch the first part of this, this is the conspiracy theory that the Super Bowl is being thrown. This is the MAGA hats coming up with this conspiracy theory. Listen to what she screws up in the very beginning of this. Yeah, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship has sparked a new bizarre conspiracy theory among MAGA Republicans. Sunday night's game kicked the conspiracy theory into overdrive. The Kansas City Chiefs, with Kelsey quarterbacking and Taylor Swift in the stands, beat Baltimore in a nail-biter that will now send them to the Super Bowl, where they'll face the San Francisco 49ers. The success of the Chiefs and the media frenzy that has been driven by Taylor Swift's appearances at their games has sparked one creative theory. We're using gentle parenting words today, kids. Taylor is, of course, active in politics and has been supportive of Democrats in previous elections. The size and loyalty of her fan base has some Didn't prominent Trump supporters losing Kelsey their plays heads. Quarterback? Take former Republican presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy, who made a... I think she did. I think she said he played quarterback. But don't get lost in all that. It was about a conspiracy theory. Um... At Jeff Ward Show. Ha! The Jeff Ward Show requires our tweets or whatever we're calling it this week to be compelling. And that doesn't suck. 
So I made up him having the China virus to meet this requirement. Well, thank you for that. Just so you know, I acted angry just for fun. I'm really not that concerned. Uh, at Jeff Ward Show. At Joe Mama 78731 Nice. Can't think of many scenarios in which a bet could influence a game. Like, what if the smartest play is sliding at the goal line to run the clock, but a player scores instead because they bet on themselves to score a TD? Okay, l- let me ask all of you something, okay? What? Because one of the players busted this past season was a, I believe it was a Colts player. Um, and I still, I'm still going to call foul. I don't think the NFL would crack down on a big name player betting. I don't. I really don't. But I believe one of the players that was suspended had made a bet on his own teammate to rush for over 100 yards. Okay. Um, do I think it's a great idea? No, I don't. But so what? So what? I mean, well, but Jeff, what if he bet on the player not getting 100 yards? Well, then he's going to go miss a, miss a block so he doesn't get 100 yards. No, he's not. That's my point. So let's just say... And this is coming from a guy who bounced around the league. And most guys bounce around the league. Most of them are not Mahomes. Most of them aren't even going to see a second contract. Most of them are going to play for three years. League minimum now is, gosh, 300 something like that. At least. Maybe more than 300 I, I, I'm maybe closer to four or five. So that's league minimum. So somebody who just latched on and just made the roster of the Indianapolis Colts sitting in the locker room out of boredom, places a bet, and let's just say, for argument's sake, that bets that Joe Blow running back is not going to get 100 yards that, that Monday night. That guy is not going to go miss that block on purpose to pay off $3,500 bet. To get a $3,500 bet. When his game paycheck is... 135. He's going to lose that job over that? No. No. Guys aren't going to lose these jobs. They don't want to lose the jobs. They want the job. The bets don't pay enough to justify throwing a game. This guy, now, to be different, um, and, you know, the league, the NFL has, you know, it's, it's, it's laid down the law, but... Do you really care if a guy bets that his running back's going to get 100 yards? Tell me why you would care. Other than you just don't think it's a good look, but why, why would you care? Wouldn't bother me. I think it's weird that he's that bored, but there's no risk. What I'm telling you is there's no risk. There is no risk of that guy saying, golly, I'm going to have to block harder. He needs to get 100 yards so I can make an extra $400 this game. Come on. It's the even the bare minimum salary. You're not going to make a bet high enough to pay off that. Unless you bet 100,000 bucks and it's going to pay you 600. Okay. So you bet 100,000 to pay you 600. 
If you make the club and you play all 16 games, you're going to make $600,000. Why would I try to risk that in one bet? It, it, it doesn't... It just doesn't It doesn't work. Am I saying that the NFL should have a policy of just whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it? Um, almost, yeah. Almost. Now, I think the clubs, if the clubs want to step in and say, look, guys, here's what we don't want to do. We don't want you to sit around the locker room on your phone making bets. Any more than they might want to say, we don't want you to sit around the locker room downloading porn. Whatever. They can have a policy. But this idea that this gambling is hanging around where the point that the NFL, if you haven't heard, earlier I read a statement from the NFL that players couldn't even go into a sports book. Who cares? I don't think they will, but who would care? What could possibly go wrong? You'd, have, you'd be better off, if you're really worried about PR and damage, you'd be better off saying no strip clubs. That's a greater risk than walking into a sports book. That's a dumber investment, too, by the way. But this, I mean, I, I, your argument about sliding, you know, so, so the guy doesn't slide. I mean, here, here's what the argument was. And it's not a bad argument, but I just don't think monetarily it's, it crosses a guy's mind. So he's saying instead of the player sliding to not score the touchdown, the player then runs into the end zone to score the touchdown to cover the spread to cover his bet. Okay, so what? Again, so what? I, I I think this is a lot of noise. Um, I'd be more concerned about owners betting than I would players. I would. You could be more concerned about a trainer betting than you would a player. There's greater risks in other areas. And those are areas where the paycheck is not as large. At Jeff Ward Show. Jeff, I, dedu- I deduce it China virus from what Cedric Golden said. It's okay. I'm, not, I'm, I'm legitimately not that worried about it. I just want to make the point that notice how I don't say anything. I assumed it had to come from Ed. It's kind of teenage girl-like. There's nothing. There's nothing that's not going to come out. Is that correct, Garrett? Am I accurate? I believe so. I don't remember who actually said you were sick, but yeah, I don't I, know. I don't know. You can tell I listen a lot. I have no idea either. I was here. Sawyer was here. Jack yeah. was here. Ed was here. So, are you all ne- to cover your butt? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just all I'm doing is suing all of you over HIPAA violations. That's all. It's no big deal. I'm sure you got a lot to take. Well, I'm going to take it all. <laughs> take it all. Yeah. Take it all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Collect all of it. Collect all of it. All right. Five one two eight three four ten twenty seven. That's five one two eight three four ten twenty seven. This is a, man, I don't like this. I don't think this is good. I don't think it's a good argument, but I'm going to open the argument up for all of you. Women's tennis. Don't, Don't tune out. Hang on. Women's tennis has agreed to have, let's see, which event? Um, to have events in Saudi Arabia. In other words, women's tennis is going to be a part of the Saudi investment fund. Now, if you can't, if you're so clueless and don't understand geopolitics enough to not understand why women's tennis would be 
in the concept of sport washing, which is you use sport to sort of cover up controversial human rights and political issues, to think that women's tennis would join with the Saudi investment fund, you got to admit, is, is tough to understand. Their argument is money. We want to do it for the money. So Chris Everett Lloyd, no, I guess Chris Everett now. I don't know. Saudi's ambassador to the United States said Hall of Famers Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova are relying on outdated stereotypes and Western-centric views of our culture in urging women's tennis to avoid holding its season-ending tournament in Saudi Arabia. Are you more bothered that women's tennis would do this than golf or basketball or soccer, men's sports? Don't you kind of see how they might have a problem with this? It's a pretty oppressive regime, to say the least. It's really oppressive regime when it comes to the rights, human rights of women in general. You could surely you can see why Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett might have a problem with this. Not that the players care, because they want the money. So um, this is Princess Rima bint Bounder Al Saud. I think I got it right. These champions have turned their back on the very same women they have inspired, and it is beyond disappointing. The princess says that is a ridiculous. That is offensive. That's that should offend you. Sports are meant to be great equalizers that offers opportunity to everyone based on ability, dedication, and hard work, the Saudi diplomat said. Sports should not be used as a weapon to advance personal bias or agendas or punish a society that is eager to embrace tennis and celebrate and grow the sport. Okay. Um, no. That doesn't quite work for you, but uh, nice try. So, um, you, can, you, you do understand why they would have an issue that the women's tennis tour would get involved with the Saudi regime. Um, in recent years, Saudi Arabia has enacted wide-ranging social reforms, including granting women the right to drive and dismantling male guardianship laws that have allowed husbands and male relatives to control aspects of women's lives. Men and women are still required to dress modestly, but the rules have been loosened. Same-sex relations are punishable by death or flogging, though prosecutions are rare. Surely you can see why these women would have a problem with the women's tennis tour doing this. Um, yeah. Um, she says, my country's not a, yet a perfect place for women. No place is. So Martina Navratilova and Chris Ever came out and were very critical of women's tennis doing this. Women's tennis, female tennis players have said, hey, look, the best way to, to inspire change is to embrace it, meet it head on, and plus we want the money. I mean, this is one of the boldest moves, I think, by the Saudi sport washing agenda. Which, by the way, is not just about sport washing. It is about tourism, too. It is. Um, but you can't deny the reality. 
And you can say what you want about golf. You can say, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing business with them. Um, but it's a whole other game when you're talking about women's tennis. So they're going to do it. They're going to play. They're going to take the money. Um, brilliant move. I'm trying to figure out the different arguments here. Uh, brilliant move. A move that would inspire change or a complete sellout. There are your options. I don't think it's ridiculous for Chris Everett or Martina Navratilova to be critical. I really don't. Now, people would say, well, they're just mad because they can't make this kind of money. Yeah, well, look what you're making money with. It's completely counter to what many women would say they're playing tennis for. Or is it just money? I just want people to say it's just money. I get it. Criticize me all you want. It's just money. What I, one of the problems I have with all the sports that have agreed to do to take the Saudi money, and it's a trillion-dollar fund, and I, I'm telling you, part of it is about tourism. Not all of it is just sport washing, but a lot of it is. But one of the things I have a problem with is notice how whenever an organization or group of athletes agree to, the, to the, take the money, they don't then turn around and criticize they don't. Now you can say, well, that's just smart. Okay, but you're agreeing to shut your mouth. It seems pretty clear you're agreeing to shut your mouth. Every time an athlete, you know, in particular, it was the, it was the, the Live Golf Tour. Every time one of the guys would agree to do a news conference or agree to be interviewed, it was asked about, well, you're, you, know, you, you do know you're doing business with, with a pretty oppressive regime. They would spin it every other way. Never once did someone say, I know, it is oppressive. I do have a problem with how they treat people, but I'm taking the money. I've not heard anyone acknowledge and, and, and publicly acknowledge that it's an oppressive regime. When somebody even makes the suggestion, I've never once, like what's his name, uh, the golfer who just absolutely had a train wreck on CNN. He was asked about, look, how you take the money, but are you willing to criticize the regime? He had a chance to say, well, yes, I'll criticize the regime. I don't believe in what they stand for, and I do think it's oppressive, but I'm going to take their money. He didn't say that. He tried to go out of his way not to say it. And so know what you're going to happen now is you're going to have women's tennis players sitting in a news conference, and a reporter is going to do the right thing and say, here you are sitting in a place that up until recently wouldn't even let you drive. That if you were gay, you might just die. How can you sit here and take the money? What I want to hear is have them say, I don't agree with that. I do think it's oppressive and wrong. I'm sitting here so they'll give me a check. They avoid criticizing the regime. That's what I have a problem. That's what all of us should have a problem with. They, they want to say, well, I'm not standing up for the... I'm not, I'm not saying I believe in what they do, but yet they don't criticize what they do. It's fine to say I'll take the money. But when you're asked directly if you're going to criticize the regime, go ahead and criticize the regime, I dare you. Because they don't. It looks as if it's part of the deal. And that's a problem. If they don't want to be political, just say, I don't want to be political. But don't, don't dance around it. Don't say, I, 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 I'll, I'll answer for this and not answer. You gotta admit that's 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 pretty bold. This is a pretty bold move. 
I don't know what else the Saudi investment fund, who else they partner with. I think the NBA is a possibility. I do. The NFL is not as a salary cap. There's no reason for them to do it. Uh, they're already involved in the English Premier League. I mean, there'll be other sports, but to think that they would go to the territory of women's tennis is pretty remarkable, and nothing is said about it. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN. You're listening to The Jeff and Ed Show on 1027 ESPN. All right, on Twitter X, it is at Jeff Ward Show. Just get to the point. You know the drill, right? You know the drill. The <laughs> Now the San Francisco 49ers, I don't know what's happened to them. I can't figure them out. Um, I said this earlier with Cedric Olden. Why their defense has these giant lapses where they just don't play well? Look, Detroit is really good in the offensive line. Detroit's a really good running team. But why San Francisco doesn't dominate more is bizarre to me. It really is. It is the best top to bottom in terms of star power at the most important positions. It's the best roster in the NFL. And it's really not even that close. You know what number two would be? Dallas, probably. Probably four or five, maybe even six would be Kansas City. And Kansas City plays better defense consistently than San Francisco. That's why I don't understand the betting line. I, don't, I haven't looked at it today. Is, is San Francisco still favored? I don't, I don't get it. Now, Vegas, is the, the, the people that set the line to the smartest people around. There's no feelings. When in doubt, always find yourself agreeing with the person that has no feelings. But... That one I just can't explain because Kansas City is consistently better on defense than San Francisco. So I don't see the I don't see the logic behind it. What is the number now? It's one and a half. So it's gone down, I guess. Barely. Barely. I, three weeks ago I would have said that. I, I there's no no, not now. Kansas City. Defense wins, everyone. Defense wins. Kansas City plays better defense than San Francisco. They shouldn't, but they do. So once you get past that side of the ball, the other side is kind of a no-brainer. They got the best player on the planet and the second, one of the second best players on the planet. So I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. Um, I, I'm not sure... San Francisco should show up and beat just about everybody they line up against. They're lucky to beat Green Bay, and they had to flip a switch to beat Detroit, helped by idiotic decisions by the Detroit coach. If they were playing Kansas City, they'd lose both of those games. So why would the line why would the line be where it is? Really I, I don't get it. Now, they may show up 
and just play start to finish, lights out. And if they do, I guess they win. But they haven't done that. Their defense was, they're lucky to be alive after, after Green Bay. Lucky. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I missed that part. That one I don't that one I don't get. And I don't even know how it hasn't moved further. Don't bet, young people. Just don't bet. But it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't. And the MVP, um I, I don't if you wanted to make an outlier bet, after I've told you not to bet, an outlier bet would be a tight end. One of the tight ends. So you know, we'll see, but man, I I haven't figured it out from the very beginning. It's made no sense. Who's the favorite to be the MVP? Then I assume it's Mahomes, but if it's not Mahomes, it would be you know. Then Purdy's after that, and then would Kelsey be number three? No, McCaffrey would probably be one or be two or three, and then Kelsey would be three. And Mahomes is one, Purdy is two. Yeah. Okay. Sure. McCaffrey. Yeah. Then Kelsey? Yep. Yeah, it's got to be. Is Kittle after that? Isaiah Pacheco. What? Yep. Number five. Do you want to bet on that bet? And the list stops there. Yeah. So That's weird. Um, the, I guess the thinking would be by the betters that they can run on the San Francisco defense? Eh, maybe. I can tell you this. I don't think the network is going to be on board with Pachenko being the MVP. If you want if, if you want to go conspiracy, everyone, if you want to, I'll do it with you. I'll do it right now. Travis Kelsey, Kansas City wins, and Mahomes has another 17. Well, he'll get it no matter what. If they win, it's almost like they're just going to give it to him. That's the way it's going to be. But if if somebody else were to win it, it would not be a running back. It's going to be Kelsey. Because that's what the, the network's going to want that, the public's going to want that, and that's how the game would play out. The other one that I was going to throw out there, if you just want to make an outlier bet, is I think if I think if San Francisco would have a chance to win, I think George Kittle would have a huge game. That's what I think has to happen. Debo Samuel will be another one. I'd pick all those guys before I would pick a running back for the Chiefs. I just I don't think anyone's going to, even if he deserved it, I don't think they would give the trophy to him. The AFC-NFC title game, remember there wasn't that long ago when everybody said, because I remember I was sitting down the hall and I would hear it every single day, I'm never watching the NFL again, Jeff. No one cares. Hate it, hate it, hate it. No one cares. Losers. No one cares. AFC-NFC title games, over 55 million viewers. 55 million. Got it? Um, And that's not about Taylor Swift. Chiefs. Beat uh, Baltimore 17 55.47 million for CBS. That beat the previous AFC title game record, which goes back to 2011 for some reason. Pittsburgh and the New York Jets. Oh. Wait, what? Mark Sanchez? Yeah. Versus Neil O'Donnell. I made that up. I don't even know. 
The previous record was $54.85 million for the Jets and the Steelers game in 2011. I don't know what what did I don't know why that is. Either way, um, then you get the NFC game had almost the exact same number. In other words, football fans are just football fans. You're not market fans. You're football fans. You're not team fans. You're just football fans. That had fifty three point one. No, that had fifty six point three million. Watch San Francisco and Detroit. The previous high was the Chiefs and the Bengals last year, same weekend, AFC Championship game. The Lions 49ers was the most watched television program, non-Super Bowl, since the 49ers and the Giants in 2012. That's how good business is in the NFL. Now that makes some sense. Two giant markets, two giant teams in 2012. So, you can't blame all that on Taylor Swift. Excluding the Super Bowl, only three NFL games have averaged more more viewers dating back to the 91-92 season. All of them, NFC Championship games on Fox. That would be the Vikings-Saints in 2010. It would be the 2012 game with with the Giants and the 49ers. And then, of course... The biggest number of all time. Anybody want to guess who was playing? NFC Championship game. What do you think? 1995. Cowboys 49ers. 56.7 million viewers. That game had star power. That, that, that's, that's, I believe that might have been coached by Barry Switzer. I, that might have been a game with Barry Switzer. But that would have been a game with Steve Young, Deion Sanders, Jerry Rice, Aikman, Irvin, Smith, and I believe Barry Switzer. I think that's right. That would have been 95. Had the biggest number of all time, which makes sense. And I think it was played in the mud because I think Barry Switzer went crazy about the mud. And he was right. So... Bottom line is, it's not all driven by Taylor Swift. It's not. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not. Um, it's a, in fact, she's probably a blip on the screen because I can tell you this from experience. The people that want to run in there and see the TV when she's on, turn around and run off. They aren't watching the game. They're not watching for more than 20 seconds. My Swifty doesn't sit there and watch the whole game waiting to see Taylor Swift. It's almost like she has a radar when there's a Taylor Swift appearance, come running into the room and see, and then run right back out and just say, let me know. It's almost like you need a bell in your house if you have a teenage daughter. If you have a bell in your house, ring the bell, they'll run in and stare, and then they'll run right back out. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN.